to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Work-life balance has become a bit of a buzzword. You hear it all the time. Um, But what does it really mean and and how do we know if we have a good and healthy work-life balance? Uh, We're going to dive into quite a bit of that today with Joanne Victoria, but I do want to share a couple of thoughts with you before we ever do that. Um, the, the one thing that I want to mention is there's a lot of confusion around what work-life balance really is, what it, what it looks like to be balanced. And some people think in terms of balance truly being uh, you know, equal, that we spent this much time at work and therefore we spend this much time uh, with family or, or doing personal endeavors. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I think uh, finding the right type of harmony is more important. Than, than the exact amount of time. The other thing that I think is really important to understand is that work-life balance uh, is not something that we can evaluate on a daily or weekly period. In fact, sometimes maybe not even a monthly um, or quarterly period. It's something we have to look at over time. What does that balance really look like? And, and what I mean by this is, you know, consider the type of position that you have or the type of company that you're in. Uh, you may have a season of the year, maybe the fourth quarter is really, really busy at work. And so in the fourth quarter, there's not going to be as much uh, quality personal time. Or maybe if you're in an accounting type role, you know, the first quarter at the, or the end of your fiscal year is really, really busy. And so you're not going to get as much uh, personal time then as you would in other seasons of the year. But, but it's very important that you're able to look back and recognize and understand and see that you've spent intentional quality time in all areas of your life. And that means your time at work should be quality and intentional. That also means the time with your family or in your personal life needs to be intentional and there needs to be a lot of quality to it. And I believe that if we can look back over a period of time and say, you know, I've spent some great quality time and quality time means that um, you're not working. uh, You really are investing in the lives of the people around you that you're spending that quality time with them, that you're investing in them. And, and, and at the same time that you're doing the same thing whenever you're at work, you're able to really focus on that and invest time uh, in, in work. And if you can do those things, if you can invest properly in others, if you can create quality time and balance that out, that's really the key is having a sense of harmony to be able to look back at the end of a period of time, at the end of a year and say, you know, this has been a great year for me personally. This has been a great year for me professionally. And, and I recognize that I am healthy in both areas uh, of my life. That's what a work-life balance should look like. That's the way that I want you to think about work-life balance. It's not about spending the same number of hours because you could be spending the hours, but they may not be quality time. So are you being intentional? Are you spending quality time? Are you investing in people around you? And can you look back over a period of time and say, yes, I, I, am, I am healthy in all areas of my life. That's whenever we know we've hit the proper work-life balance. We're going to dive into a lot of this today with Joanne, uh, and I think you're really going to enjoy it because it's so relatable to so many people, uh, whether you're in leadership roles or you're not in leadership roles quite yet. This is so important, and it's up to us as leaders and managers in our organizations to foster a healthy work-life balance for our team, for our employees. As always, be sure you subscribe to the show, and if you have any questions or want to reach out with anything, you can reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.
Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the show. We have our friend Joanne Victoria uh, out of Seattle. And uh, man, just some great information and and the research that she uh, does and the resources that she shares with others um, in being able to uh, find their dreams, work for those dreams, but then also maintaining a a proper balance in our life with that as well. So um, Joanne, I'm not going to steal the thunder there, but why don't you, um, why don't you just kind of walk us through? I mean, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time and then walk us through kind of your history and experience and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's been a long road, Kyle, and uh, an interesting one. I always reflect on how I got where I am, especially when I am a guest on somebody else's show. And, you know, certain things came into my mind today. Uh, I moved from New York State, upper New York State, several years ago to California. And the third job I had in California was I replaced the COO of a land investment company. This company was acquiring uh, coastal land and creating limited partnerships. So I went in there and I had to not only do the job I had, which was bookkeeping slash uh, accountant, I also had to man the office and fill it out. So that was my first approach to managing people. Mm-hmm. And um, first I hired people that I knew <laughs> because I knew how they worked. One of the things that needed to be done was somebody had to have a great sense of detail and put together um, the books for the company by taking three years of canceled checks <laughs> and mm. creating um, order out of it. And we did that. And we went on to do a lot of successful things. I left that company when the owner hired his girlfriend to take my place. So Mm -hmm. those things happen. Yeah. And then I went into real estate because that was at a time where people were putting a a cap on how how much I could earn in the world. Mm -hmm. And I figured real estate was a place where I could do what I wanted to do. And I did. Uh, Because I was a hard worker and had children to take care of, I worked very hard and was reached my goals in the first year. Yeah. And then owners of other companies came a calling to me wanting to have me manage their branch offices. Hmm. And, you know, I didn't know what management was. And I, the way I looked at it at that time was some companies I would work as an agent and other companies I could work as a manager. I don't know why I had that distinction at that time, Mm -hmm. but the the company I chose was a little more modern and accessible. And I chose to be a manager in that company, opening up a market for them that I was pretty big in, in sales. Mm -hmm. So I had to hire all my people. Nobody was transferring from other offices to come to work for Joanne. Yeah. And it was interesting because all I got were newbies. <laughs> and other brokers in the area would say, Oh, you need a place to work? Go talk to Joanne. Go talk to Joanne. So I interviewed dozens of people and hired who I needed to hire to fill the desks. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the powers that be wanted me to use this large conference room as my office. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I have to be with the people. So I just left the large office for pizza and champagne Wednesdays and, <laughs> and sat with the rest of the people. Yeah. And all I know is, all I can recommend right now for myself actually is that 
out of these people, 30% of them went on to manage other real estate companies. Wow. And two went on to open their own companies. And I had to fire my first person, even though it was uh, an agent, not an employee. Uh, Since I hired, I had to fire, which was challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And after several months, I got bored with management because it wasn't as exciting as I thought it should be because I did I didn't have any control over how the people should operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think that was right. So I moved on to construction and because I attracted that while I was being a manager. Mm-hmm. And when I moved on to construction, I worked as the manager of four counties in California. I created something new in the environs. Usually you just hired regular salespeople to sell new homes. I hired seasoned resale people to sell new homes because they had more compassion mm. to for the new buyers. Yeah. And then it moved forward where I left real estate and I started in the personal development arena and started presenting my own workshops and seminars. Mm. So I was around the horn and back again in learning and, and presenting many topics to help people be the best they can be and learn the most about themselves to be the best in the world. Mm -hmm. There came a period of time where I spent more time in the business coaching and I did that in California as well. So I started working with entrepreneurs, including realtors, (laughs) because I was experienced and they knew it. So here I was. And When I moved here, and that went on for a long time, and when I moved to Seattle area, I moved here in 2006 from California, and when I moved to this area, I stayed, still stayed in the entrepreneur environment where I was business coaching newbies and established business owners, Mm -hmm. and then I realized I was at the foot of technology here. I was at the birthplace of technology. Absolutely. So I decided to move another degree to the right or the left, pick a choice, (laughs) and I chose to work with people in technology, mostly the employees, uh, executives, and VPs, as opposed to the corporate owners right now. I mean, that's expanding as I move along. Right. But I, I wanted to help these people, since I had personal experience with the activities of these people to get more balance in their life and a better perspective so they became total human beings. Yeah. Yeah. That they weren't just working hard, that they weren't just getting stressed out all the time, that they weren't getting burned out, which they were and still are, that they had a full life and that they had uh, personal wellness, that they had more insights into what best worked for them regarding how they were going to live their lives, you know, what they were going to choose not to do to create space for themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, you know, like you say, where you are kind of the birthplace of technology and certainly modern technology as we know it today, um, you know, that that's a big issue. And, uh, but we see that that's transferable, obviously throughout all industries, uh, depending on company culture. And then some of it, I think even, you know, based on how an individual is, is hardwired. Um, so what are some 
maybe simple tips. I mean, just real high level things even that you are seeing that leads people to get into this space where um, there is no such balance, where they've, uh, where they're kind of working themselves to death. What are, what are some, um, what are some things that are leading to that you think? Well, first of all, it's leadership and management. They have high expectations of their people. Yeah. Uh, they give them twice as much work as they deserve to have, if not more. Mm-hmm. They expect them to work 24-7. They expect them to be on call all the time. And it's very difficult to find a position where that doesn't occur. Right. So there's early burnout. So you get so burned out that you give up or want to give up or give in. There's mm-hmm. two sides. If you give in, uh, you have no home life. Mm-hmm. So they wind up, you know, eating junk food in the morning to get out the door, eating pizza for lunch, eating uh, crappy snacks throughout the day. There's not a desk that you walk by that doesn't have a dish of candy on top of it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for an occasion. But when you do that on a daily basis, you're going to wind up unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's just not beneficial to anybody. Yeah. So, and then they work too late and drive home and, you know, slump down on the couch and order another pizza for dinner and a couple of beers. Right. And it's done. And that goes on for years. Right. This is not just, you know, a, you know, a stepping into that pond. It's something that becomes a habit, easily becomes a habit. Because it takes time to cook good meals. It takes time to think of yourself. It takes time to consider putting yourself first and your family alongside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So they just fall into that trap very quickly. Yeah. Well, and and if, you know, just playing the devil's advocate here, if I'm the leader in that situation, and I agree completely, of course, that, that, you know, it starts with the leadership and the expectations that they set, but uh, playing devil's advocate, if if I'm a leader that says, "Well, I I pay them above industry norm. They're very highly compensated, um, and so I do expect them to be on call, and I expect them to do these things. And this is what they've hired into the company." How do you respond to that leader as to the benefits of not doing it that way? Well, it's more than about the money. The money is easy to get. It's there are plenty of jobs available. I know someone who um, left a large corporation and took several months to find the next position because they were looking for something that was a good fit. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. that's what employees or potential employees don't do. They don't take that time. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a generation, i.e., the millennials, who jump from job to job. If they're mm-hmm. ticked off, they leave. Mm-hmm. If something bothers them, they leave. So they can go across the street and get the same job. Right. You know, and, you know, the ones who entice them with, you know, food tables and games and all of this stuff, which, you know, I called cultish myself, <laughs> um, the, it, it's, it doesn't work. You need to have someone who is compassionate. You need to work for someone who has insight to the human nature. Mm-hmm. And it's more than the money because truthfully, what's an extra $10,000 a year going to do for you Right. if you're not healthy? Exactly. Yeah. Mentally, physically, and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and something else I think is important to understand, you and I have, have talked about this a little bit um, uh, off air here, but let's talk about that concept of work-life balance. 
because you know people define that differently. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what work-life balance really is. So how do you define work-life balance? What is that? And what, is it, what does it mean to someone? Um, and and let, let's start there. And then we'll kind of dive into a couple of questions from that. Well, it means different things to different people. If you go for the definition of balance, it means equal, equal life, equal work. And that's just not possible. It never has been. I don't know. They should change that definition like they should change the definition of management that you quoted in one of your own podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, some people say, well, I call it work-life integration. That's a good word. Or others might say it's work-life harmony. My perspective is if you are at peace with who you are and how you live in this world, what you choose, if you choose to work 10 hours a day and you're happy with it and your family or your friends are happy with it, that's work-life balance. Right. And that's the position I take currently. I don't know if I'd get off that position because I don't see a better way. But people are not at peace at their job. That's the issue because leadership and management don't understand what that means to an average, normal, genius human being. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They just don't know. It's not something we're taught. Right. It's something we learn the very hard way. And. And so if I am the, um, you know, the, I guess the easy one, let's say I'm the employee in this situation, how do I know what are the cues or the triggers that I need to be paying attention to, to recognize that I may be out of balance, that, that this is not, I'm not living the, the healthiest, most intentional lifestyle that I should be. Oh, God. Well, let's see. You're filled with stress and anxiety. You're gaining 20 pounds on your first job. You're gaining another 10 pounds each successive job. You find out you're very overweight. You're very short-tempered because Mm -hmm. your mind is just, your brain is not running properly. Um, You're angry a lot because that's relevant. Mm -hmm. You drink a lot. Uh, You do other things that are not things that you would usually do. whatever that means to you. But usually it's stress, you get burned out, you're totally anxious all the time, you're on pills, prescriptions, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that, a lot of Valium. And then the people, when the Valium calms them down, they go to street drugs to pop them up. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware, if you have no personal awareness about yourself, it doesn't matter. But if you know something is going on, you have to take hold of that and do something about it. And people are afraid that if they change, whatever Mm -hmm. that means, in the context of their job, that they will lose their job. Well, I think it's better to lose the job than to lose your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Very true. I mean, a lot. And suicide has gone up in millennials. It's up. The, the, the statistics are alarming. We can't wait for Generation Z because they're still too young because that will be a calming generation. Mm-hmm. That generation is going to be more like their grandparents or their great-grandparents, mostly the ones that were born after the war, the Second mm-hmm. World War, that is, mm-hmm. that worked hard, you know, contributed to society and got well along well with others. Where millennials don't necessarily do that. They're more from the helicopter parents. And they just have a position that they take. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but in every generation, there are some that some people work better than others. So ones that don't work, a lot of millennials are in the tech industry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and so, you know, on the flip side of that, uh, and then going back to the foundation of this being a challenge with um, with the business leaders and the way that they're managing and the way that they're leading their teams, um, how do I know if I'm a leader, how do I know that I've put my team in this situation? What are the things that I need to be looking for to make sure that I don't do this to my, to my employees? Well, if your managers want to quit, there's one, there's one uh, possibility Mm -hmm. because managers will leave if they don't have help from above. They need a lot of help. The leadership has to, you know, allow the managers to do their job, train them to do their job. And then if there are no results, that's another issue. And then if you consistently bring in new um, executives all the time, new directors, you know, the vice president of this, the vice president of that, people leave after a year because they don't get support from their leadership. Right. And the projects aren't completed on time. Projects that might take as long as six months to a year are taking two and three years. Now, if the company leadership has that time and money to let that happen, they'll let that go. But for a small or a mid-sized company, that's not, it's not plausible. It's not feasible to let something go that far. Mm -hmm. So somebody has to pay attention. That's why outside consultants such as myself, which I've always done with all different types of companies that I've worked with, Mm -hmm. have to come in and say, you're not, you know, to pull the screen up, you know, to shine light. I shine light on things. Right. Yes. (laughs) I shine the light on it. And the worse things I shine the light on, the better. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, once we recognize that there's an issue there and, um, uh, and especially as a leader in the organization, I mean, as you know, well, Joanne, it's when you've created a, a culture, uh, whether it's a healthy one or unhealthy one, but when you've created the culture in your organization, it, it sometimes can be a big shift to get turned around. So if, if I, as a business leader, recognize that what I've created here is not um, the healthiest thing for my team, for my employees, and ultimately for my business long-term, then what do I do? What are the next steps? How do I fix this? What, what, are, the, what are the things that I can start putting in place to, to begin to turn this around? Well, first of all, remember that this is not McDonald's. I'm not McDonald's or people who are good at their job are not McDonald's. We're not going to do it in 14 seconds or 14 <laughs> days. Right. It's, it's going to take some time and it has to start slowly so that people know that it's going to take, um, it's going to take, has to take roots. Whatever happens yeah. has to take roots. Mm-hmm. The owner of the company or the leader of the company, whoever is in charge, whether it's a board of directors or what, and God help us from boards of directors, <laughs> <clears throat> because they just, that's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. I've worked with them as well. And it has to start at the top. Change does not start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Change starts at the top. The owner has to know they have to tell the truth to themselves and their community, i.e. the workers that work for them, that they have failed. They have failed at recognizing that there is a problem. They have failed their employees, and they want to make things better. So if they choose to tell the truth to their employees, high high marks for that. If they choose just to tell the truth to themselves and start to implement a plan, you know, that people might get a little scared. And they have to know that this does not mean you're going to lose your job. Right. And the leadership has to tell the truth to themselves at the very, very least Mm -hmm. that their company is not going to succeed because 
even though they love what they do, they love their company, in order to continue to contribute to their employees, as well as to their vendors, as well as to their customers, things must change. And change is the hardest word for people to absorb. Yeah, absolutely. It is It is tough. And, and especially, I think one of the traps that um, leaders get in is oftentimes, you know, business leaders, especially entrepreneurs, and if we've been in startup mode or we've created this, um, we've created this organization, uh, we generally are hardwired a little bit differently. And I mean, there's a, um, um, there's just a, a different drive, which doesn't mean that not everybody has drive. I think we all have, you know, some form or fashion, but, but I think there is a, there is a satisfaction from that business piece. You know, there's satisfaction. Oh, yeah. in, being at work, their satisfaction in constantly working or, or prospecting or thinking about the next new big idea. And so we tend to project that on those around us to think we expect them to be the same way. And we don't understand why they wouldn't want to put in those hours or put in that time or be as committed to it as we are. And, uh, and so it's incredibly difficult because one of the first things I believe we have to do as leaders when we recognize we've got this issue is um, in our company is we've got to get out of our own way to realize everybody else is not us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we have to really put our, we, we have to put our personal um, way of doing things to the side and become very focused on other people. It's a very selfless approach because we've got to recognize the impact we're having on others and we cannot expect them to think like us or, or care or be as passionate about this company as we are because they shouldn't be. It's not their company. Um, and mm-hmm. so that that is a it's a real challenge and, and it's a real difficult thing to understand initially, but then to try to put things in place to get this turned around. And one of the big roadblocks that we see in getting that turned around is just the ego of the business leader getting in the way of making that shift. So when you see this or you experience it, what do you uh, what advice are you giving to people when you recognize it's an ego that's getting in the way? They have to put their own ego aside because they're not, their ego is a separate thing. You know, an ego means a lot of things, but we're talking about how they present themselves to the world. You know, my, my position is we're here for the benefit of others here on this planet for the benefit of others. Well, we, whether we sell ice cream, uh, whether we help people manage other people or whether we are brilliant geniuses who have ideas and never stop thinking of new ideas, Mm -hmm. we are here to be of benefit to others. So how can you be a benefit to everyone in your company? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great way of looking at it. And I, I certainly agree. I think the more we can recognize our, uh, our need um, and purpose of, of benefiting and helping others, um, it's amazing what will happen to the lives of the people around us whenever we think like that. And ultimately, amazing what happens in our life whenever we do that. There, there's such a greater level of fulfillment uh, when we take that approach and, and we're able to um, positively impact the people around us. And when we step into those leadership roles, we, whether we knew it or not going in, that has become our absolute number one top res- responsibility. And, um, and so we've got to be looking at what's the impact I'm having on the people around me? How is this impacting my team? What ridiculous expectations have I put on them? And how do I make sure to set the right expectations? And part of those expectations should be a healthy balance. Um, we, we, I believe, need to 
actually expect our teams to spend time with family and friends and decompress away from work. That That's part of our responsibility is to help them understand that they don't need to be spending every waking moment thinking about what's happening at work. It's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for the company long term. And fortunately, uh, in the tech world, if you have a good company that you work for, they will let you work remotely. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to be in the office every day to perform. Because even if you're there from, let's say, you know, nine to five or eight to five, mm-hmm. you're not working 100% all those hours. Everybody right. knows that. You give a good four hours and the rest is catch up or details or stuff. But the big time is about four hours. Right. And if you can work from home and still attend your meetings via any form of technological uh, application you want to use, and a good company will let you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some people, oh, they're not going to work that hard if they're at home. They're not hard. (laughs) They're not going to work if they're at home. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Trust your people. If you don't trust your people, what have you got? Right. Right. I've had to confront, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I have no problem doing that, if I ha- find a leader, owner, slash whatever, mm-hmm. who is unwilling to look at the truth, mm-hmm. but wants me to do the work for them, which I can't, won't do I, yeah. all the way, I confront them. This is a strong word because I don't think everything needs to be confronted, but I get in their face. And if they're smart, they'll see the truth. You know, what do you care about? What's important to you? Why don't you think it's important to your employees? They never thought about these things before. That's part of it because they're busy creating ideas. Mm -hmm. That's their job. You know, they're going, they don't even get to sleep because they go, oh God, I got that one. I got that one. Let me, you know, tell my telephone or take notes. I've got to pad myself by my bedside because I have thoughts all the time. I don't have enough time (laughs) to you know, implement everything that I think of. Oh, we could do that or I could do that. This could be for that company and that could be for that company. Yeah. As you said before, not everybody thinks like that. Right, right. And we don't need them to. We don't want them to. God, no. God, no. It'd be be exhausting. (laughs) We'd have a ton of ideas and nothing would ever get done. (laughs) Correct. And it's just ideas and ideas are worthless unless they're implemented properly to fruition. So, yeah, you know, um, before we get, before we go, I, I do want to ask you too. Um, you know your your latest book, uh, creating uh, lighting your path and how to create the life that you want, and um, obviously that that kind of looks into some of those things about living a um, an intentional life and and um, doing things that are important to you and and having a life worth living. Uh, a lot of that kind of plays directly into the work-life balance piece of it and, and what we're doing to lay down at the end of the day, put our head on the pillow and know this was a successful day in one, one fashion or another. Um, do you have any uh, quick fixes? And I know there's really no such thing, but some, some steps or some things that people can start thinking about right now about what they can do to help get their life um, in a direction that they want to go and maybe help reset. If they, if they're listening to this and they say, gosh, they're, you know, I feel like they're talking to me. I'm, I'm in that, that negative cycle right now. What are some things that people can try to do right now today to start getting their life back on a path that they need it on? Well, from a macro view of the biggest view, mm-hmm. people need to start taking an inventory of themselves and their behaviors. Yeah. This way they can decide what no longer works in their life. The things you do every day by habit mm-hmm. that you can stop doing, whatever that may be. 
I, I don't what eating dinner at the same time, eating this lunch at the same place. You're going to get in a rut and your brain is just going to stay that way. You need to create new pathways in your brain. So until you can create new pathways, you have to decide what needs to go so that you can do that. So stop doing what you don't want to do anymore. Right. I know that sounds like, oh, I don't want to work. Well, fine. Figure out how you d- can not work. <laughs> exactly. Find, find something else. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to make money. But if you don't want to work at the job that you're at, and I say that probably in every third daily email that I publish, quit. Yeah. Leave okay. that job. It's not good for you. Mm-hmm. If it's not good for you, leave or adjust. And that's what people aren't willing to do. They're not willing to take a step to the left, a step to the right and adjust. Mm -hmm. So you need to just, for the first thing is take an inventory of your day, just go through your day for about a week or so and look at what keeps repeating itself that God, do I still do that? You know, and then delete it from your life. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that there's nothing really missing from your, you know, satisfactory level. Right. But that's a big one. Take an inventory of your life. Stop doing what you don't want to do. Try doing something new and start adding some more value in your life. Do you have personal values? And your personal values and your work values should be in alignment. They don't have to be identical, but they must be in alignment. Because otherwise, there's no purpose for you being on this earth. Mm -hmm. Then you just go to bed and pull the covers over and wait till the end. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you were put here for a reason. To serve. Yeah. That's really, really good. And, yeah. And I, that's, uh, I like the way that you define that, the way that you explain that is take that inventory. Um, because, uh, you know, if someone is in that situation and they're, they're listening to this and thinking, uh, you know, again, that, that's, they're talking about me. I feel like I'm in this rut. Um, that's an easy thing to do right now is uh, take that inventory of things that we just say, this, these are the things that I hate doing. These are the things I dread every day. And these are the things that I, I know, you know, if I could, if I could hit the pause button here, this is where I would do it. Um, so taking that personal inventory and then trying to, and then just changing it, making those adjustments. That's really, really good advice uh, because it, it's practical. It's something that anybody can do. Um, it's, yeah, it's not complicated because we run on automatic anyway, and that's the right, way we've exactly. trained our brain. You know, yeah. we've got those paths in our brain that are on automatic, and they're very deep. Yeah. And the thing of it is to make new paths that are beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. can't until we make some space. You know, right. the mind can ho- cope with just so much. Yeah. You know, Buddha said that if you or the Dalai Lama actually said, you know, if I could make you totally conscious in one minute, you would go insane. Mm. So we need to have a system that mm. works for us. And taking an inventory is any, as you said, anyone can do it. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Yeah. In life. You, anyone can take an inventory and look at the repetitiveness and look at it week after week for about a month and change successively each week. And mm-hmm. you will see how much more time you have for yourself and how your stress reduces. And that's just the beginning. I have my people take many inventories. Yeah. Yeah. That is excellent. Excellent advice, Joanne. Thank you so much. Oh, God, um, yes. So tell us, uh, before we get out of here, tell us how can we learn more about you? And I know you have a ton of resources and that's something I really, really appreciate about what you do is um, you, you put a lot of information out there that can really help people. So how can we get a hold of that and connect with you and learn more about some of the things that you're doing? 
Well, anybody can go to my website at askjoannevictoria.com. That's A-S-K-J-O-A-N-N-E, Victoria, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A.com. And you will find um, blog posts Mm -hmm. every day, new ones, all about what I do and what people need to hear. Mm-hmm. And you will find podcasts that you can listen to. I have my own podcast called The Sanity Project Podcast because <laughs> I help people stay sane. Yeah, I have uh, free reports on five steps to a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I have free books, The True Self Handbook, Guide to Transform Your Life. You can sign up for my daily emails. You could... Check out my books. I have two that are very relevant to this community, Lighting Your Path, How to Create the Life You Want, and Pushy for a Moment, Instant Solutions to Everyday Challenges, which incorporates using your intuition. Intuition in business is vital. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, there's some wonderful information. So I highly encourage you all to go out and, and uh, take a look at her website, askjoannevictoria.com and uh, see some of the, the great things that she has out there. Uh, Joanne, thank you so much. I mean, this is just really great information, incredibly relevant. I know, you know, whether whether we lead the company or whether we are um, an individual contributor within the company, uh, this is a challenge that is faced um, by millions of people. And so, uh, really appreciate you taking some time just to kind of talk through some things that we can do and, and how to live a life of better balance, better harmony, and to be more intentional with our time. So, thank you for taking the time to do that today. I appreciate being here. I'm here to serve. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. 